Howdy, and welcome back to the FPL Jingle for episode 10, finally into double digits, and just off the back of the league's massive holiday to Amsterdam. Are you recovered, Stephen? No, not quite, but we'll do it anyway. I did get, I did get back a night early. I had a nice sleep in my own bed while you were still on the sesh and having a flight in the morning, so I was, I was pleased to get my little bit of recovery in. Yeah, no, we uh, we obviously had kept it a little bit more civil on the last night because we knew we had to get up early and check out and fly back. But uh, no, great holiday all in all. I really enjoyed it. Um, Fantastic. So, some Zorb football with like minor injuries. Some VR room <laughs> with uh, no injuries, only only dignity. And uh, world-class yeah, performance in the mini-golf. Yeah, world-class performance there by Cahill Connolly in the mini-golf then. Ah, uh, stop! Don't remind me. I'm still, still not over that. Uh, man thrives under pressure. <laughs> the man's a wizard. Uh, I don't know how he did, pulled off the things that he did. Like because there was there was no intent behind it at all. It just sort of all worked out for him nicely. It's like but, uh, ballet on on astroturf. Gorgeous <laughs> stuff. Yeah, exactly that. Now the the Zorb football was good. The uh, the VR though, I really enjoyed the VR where because like you put on the backpack and then it was like a like a Black Ops or Portal style thing. Like you're going around killing each other and going up and down the elevators and stuff and being free to walk around the space was just I don't know. It was the first time I'd done VR, so I really liked it. You couldn't really get it for for our, our house in Limerick, really, could you? Because uh... You'd end up inside in like like one of the lads' rooms, fucking falling over their <laughs> pillow or something. Uh no, no, you'd uh, you'd have to do it in like the living room down here because it's the it's the room that has like the most space in it, uh, and even then it'd probably be a little bit tight. That'd be fairly funny. Now there'd be some incidents. Um, <laughs> uh, an exciting weekend also for the fantasy football because we had the cup. We had the cup, we had the lads in Amsterdam, and we had a usual week of fantasy. So we we do our own matchups, or we do the cup first, Stephen. You decide. You lead the way. Uh, we'll do the cup first. So the cup fixtures Ooh, went. La, la. Uh, Cahill uh, fifty one. Stephen uh, myself thirty nine. Cahill won that fixture. Uh, Connell fifty nine. Uh, Owen fifty six. So Connell beating yourself, Owen. So Jert. both of us, both both of us are out of the cup. Uh, Jert. Tom, uh, Thomas and Paddy both drew on forty three, and so we'll go into um, a replay of the, uh, this weekend. That match. Uh, Owen Dillon with a surprise win over Steve Lyons, given his form so far this year, but with a forty seven to forty three win. So the top three in the league are out of the cup. So, you know. Show just shows that we're 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 focused. Our eyes are on the prize and further down the road. Yeah, um, it shows the value of the cup as well. I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna back on Dylan for uh, a, a decent deep cup run after. His I'm gonna back Cahill because season. I'm gonna back Cahill because he did it last season and I think he's he's good to do it again. Got to uh, yeah. Tyg forty one, uh, Mark Gary forty three, uh, which was interesting because they also played each other in the. <laughs> in uh, the league so Mark got the better of him on both counts uh, Connor Skeen uh, got a win over Mitchell Barr 35 to 25 
Uh, Mark Lossie with the win over Andy, uh, 29-21. And then Porrick, probably the unluckiest out of the lot, with a score of uh, 55, losing out to John on 60. When, like I'd say, apart from, what, two other scores this week, he would have beaten everyone else. Yeah, if he was in myself and Connell's matchup, he would have lost against those two as well. But uh, yeah, John put him away. Yeah, so... Some interesting results there. Yeah, and, and it kind of looks, you know, like the, the, all the scores are tight, actually, when you look at it. You know, all the high scorers met the high scorers and all the low scorers met the low scorers, which is, you know, nice for the cup and nice to see some of the some of the lower league contenders uh, getting getting through there. Mm. Um, but yeah, second of Connell's shitty 59. Um, we'll look at, we'll, 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 we'll move on. Well, yeah. Oh, you want to move on very quickly from your loss. Then in the league, <laughs> uh, I took on Connor Skeen, and I have my live scoring up here. I beat him fifty-six points to thirty-five, so um, uh, fairly comfortable. Uh, the story of the the game week was Connor had uh, Rudiger and Pulisic in the opening game and kind of put himself up with like a ten fifteen point lead. Uh, I had Chilwell and Havertz in that game, trying to trying to keep keep pace with him. Um, but then, like uh, he didn't score too much after that. So to go down through my team, I had uh, Vincent. Pronounce the Crystal Palace goalkeeper's name, Steve. Uh, I would have said Vincent, uh, Vincent or Vincent, but uh, it looks like Vicente. Vincent, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Even the second name, Guaita or Gaita. Guaita or Gaita. Yeah. So, Vicente Guaita. Let's go for it. Um, ben Chilwell, nine points. Cresswell, two points. Laporte with five. Yellow card. Gallagher, five points. He's a baller, Conor Gallagher. Kai Havertz for three. Bernardo Silva for eight. Ronaldo for five. Jimenez for six. Mane for eight. So, three of my forwards returning compared, compared to zero last week. And then Young Min Son with two. Uh, I had left Allison and Dyer with a seven and a five on the bench. Also, Ruben Diaz and Fernandes on my bench, which is fine. Uh, Connor had Allison in goals and had Rudiger and Pulisic returning for him, and no other returns, disappointingly. Uh, he also had Cresswell, Shaw, Tamiyasu, Madison, Richarlison, Ings, Kane, Wilson, all drawing a blank. He left nothing on the bench. So, uh, yeah, his Connor's team may be looking a little worse for wear after this week. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, you had Luke Shaw in there against Watford, who you would have fancied. Like, West Ham, that felt like a bit of an upset against uh, them losing to Wolves. Uh, Allison was always going to likely score some points. Tomiyasu, I wouldn't have started. I mean, just... I, I think start... he subbed in, probably subbed in there for... Oh, is he? Eze, okay. or, or Gre- Grealish, I think, actually, Grealish. Maybe, yeah. Uh, then, like, you know, front line then of Richarlison, Ings, Kane, and Wilson. Like, that's just any... Like, maybe last season or the season before that, you'd think, geez, that's some potent front four right now. You're thinking, Jesus, that's some shite front four. But, like, there's not, there's not a lot of players out there that you'd probably pick up instead of them so he kind of kind of in a oh. bit of a limbo players, scenario players of a similar caliber maybe to Wilson and Ings but like no obvious improvements so 
Another week he might have scored a lot more. Yeah, you fancy, uh, like, you do think Kane will eventually, like, I mean, we keep saying it every week, but he has to eventually start scoring his goals again, like. Uh, absolutely, I mean, there's so many storylines now about him being sick and tired of everything, and but uh, Spurs will come, become better. Um, uh, I think under Conte now, the, the, it'll take, it might even be next season, but. Uh, hopefully in the coming months we we start to see a decent Conte team in the Premier League and that'll be nice. Yeah, I think you could tell after the win against Leeds that at least there's a bit of passion back in the in the team or a little bit of spirit anyway. Like I know well, it's probably a little bit overplayed, but like Conte was absolutely going nuts on the side of the pitch once they scored when Regalan scored their second, but you know like yeah, compared to compared to the... compared to Nuno's demeanour or like at the start of the season, like, you know. Yeah, that's good to see. Yeah, their second half stats were like, you know, like they had like 10 shots in comparison to two or something in the first half. And it, it was the same down through all the stats and passing and all the rest of it, so tackles. So, um, yeah, hopefully he is an influential character and brings him on. Yeah. But uh, we'll move on to your matchup, Steve. Sure. So I had a bit of a lucky weekend maybe over Mark Lossi. I beat him 39-29. Uh, McCarthy in goal who obviously conceded two goals against uh, Norwich uh, when I considered playing him or Ramsdale kind of felt like an easier choice to pick McCarthy but it didn't work out Cancelo got a clean sheet and an assist nine points Thiago Silva got a clean sheet Reese James got a clean sheet and an assist and I think Barisala is like my favourite player <laughs> uh, Robertson was injured and I forgot to set my subs uh, otherwise Matip would have come in for me and gotten the clean sheet um, so it would have been a clean sweep across my defenders uh, Bowen and Smith Rowe did nothing uh, Rashford was taken off at half time Salah scored and then Vardy and Wilson did nothing but um, I was lucky in the fact that uh, Mark uh, well he had De Gea who saved a penalty they also and uh, he got three saves so a point for that uh, he also conceded four goals uh, Mark Salonzo who didn't play for him Shane Duffy who conceded Luke Shaw who uh, conceded four goals uh, actually no he was subbed off after the two so he still got one point uh, but he looks like he's got another concussion so it's probably going to be out for the next game Kyle Walker got a clean for him Fernandez and Buendia got nothing uh, plus Buendia got a clean sheet point uh, Rafinha was injured for him Trossard and Benrama did nothing and then Sterling came in for him as a sub and got a got a goal so not nothing too great. He had two two uh, players, injured players there, just that did nothing for him. Yeah, and even his bench is Varane, Firmino, Greenwood all injured, hamstring. Uh, Greenwood's suppose. COVID. The other yeah, two are injured. Yeah. So uh, Mark seemed a bit of a mess there as well. Uh, yeah, um, your defenders really buying you up there like even if you had Matip in as well like you would have gotten 18, 24, 29 30 points from your defenders uh, yeah, Cancelo yeah, and Reece, Reece James are like nearly the two best players in the game at the moment outside of Salah so uh, I can see Sa- Salah and your two fullbacks there really just pushing you along all season because you're probably going to be getting plus 20 points from the three of them nearly every week uh, yeah you'd be hoping so but uh, it's a nice formula I've, I've constructed like you know it's working um, yeah like a, there's a lot of problems uh, yeah, I don't know Mark's team is 
it's, it has a lot of grand players. And I can't, you know, and then the like of the ballers, we'll say like you Fernandez, Rafinha, and that's kind of it. So it's a lot of a lot of bland looking players in that side. Mm. Yeah, like I mean, obviously Sterling, you would think would be a, have more of an impact for that city team, but with the way things are going in terms of like his t- contract talk about maybe a move away, probably not going to get as much starting. Uh, time as he would want absolutely um yeah we'll take a look at how the rest of the matchups went sure so uh after yourself and myself uh yeah so andy uh got a win over team auto draft or ray foley uh 21 15 real real battle of the titans clash um, of the ash there yeah moves andy up to 15th on 12 points he's he's what is it if we had a relegation zone, he's six points outside of it. Cahill <laughs> uh, uh, got a win over Paddy Brennan, thank fuck. Um, 51 to 43. Uh, Great weekend for Cahill, just across the board. Like he's, mm-hmm. he's, he's moved up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, John got a win over Thomas Ivory, uh, 60 points to 43. Uh, Owen Dillon got a win over Mitchell Barr, 47 points to 25. Uh, Mark Gary got the win over Tyg, forty three to forty one. Um, Porek got a win over Gary, uh, fifty five to thirty six, and uh, Connell got the win over Stephen Lyons, fifty nine to forty three. So that means then that it's all even more tight at the top. If you, if you didn't think it could get any closer, so yourself and Steve are tied for uh, first on twenty eight points. You're separated by points difference. I'm third on 26th, sorry, on 26th, um, Connell is fourth with 25, Porrick is fifth with 24, uh, John is sixth with 22, Mark is seventh with 21, um, Paddy is also eighth with 21, uh, Connor is ninth with 19, uh, Mark is 10th with 18 and then it kind of starts to go down a hill then but Cahill's on his way back he's got uh, 15 points on 11 or in 11th uh, Thomas is 12th with 15 Tyg is 13th with 13 points Jeez, to be fair to second of how his form has gone so far this year um, Mitchell is 14th with 12 points Andy is 15th with 12 Owen Dillon is 16th with 12 Gary is uh, 17th with 6 and Auto draft is eighteenth with three. Just a one from twelve for Ray Foley there. Yeah, when Tyg was on the pod, I think he was what was he hovering around fifth or sixth there? And we were uh, no, I think it was closer draft. to maybe. I think it was closer to maybe ninth or tenth. Oh, but, okay. Oh yeah. He was. He was certainly doing better than thirteenth when he was on. Oh yeah, yeah. But like, I think yeah. he kind of said like he he had to he had to win now, so he was just wheeling and dealing players, and it just really has backfired on him. Like, I'm pretty sure he just starts crying anytime he sees Reese James. As you would, sometimes tears of joy because of the, the just how beautiful football is from good old Reese. <laughs> um, I don't know it, if you saw yeah. Owen. There was a, his sister made her debut for Chelsea at the weekend. And it cut to Reese James in the stand, giving like the most golf clap, like <laughs> emotionless <laughs> face, like appreciation for her. It was very funny. Yeah, they have an interesting story. I think uh, his father is like owns a a football school, and uh, nice to see his two children playing for Chelsea. 
Uh, I think he was a professional footballer as well. Oh, was he? But, uh, I didn't know yeah. that. I read something about it recently. But yeah, yeah, it's yeah. all very tight at the top. Yeah, like, let's say Connell is in fourth and can go top of the table next week, depending on fixtures. Uh, let's say down to eighth, you have Paddy Brennan on 21. So two wins from for Paddy Brennan could see him in third. Um, yeah, like it's, you know, like three weeks could, could see the table nearly turn upside down, you know, outside of the bottom, maybe from 12 downwards. Um, mm. Yeah, so regardless of your position in the league, you're really in danger. Uh, like like the, the standard this year, I think, has been way better than previous years. Like nine wins, a draw and two losses for two players uh, after 12 weeks is an absolutely crazy record it's usually closer closer to the you know mid midway if you if you've won like half your games you're usually very far up the table um well i think eight i I think eight wins minimum for the top five players is pretty high standard like yeah yeah it is it's uh you have to be almost perfect as we said to, to get through it um have you any more on the league table steve um, no, not really. To be honest, uh, I think John maybe just considering how big of a scorer he is, being on sixth, uh, maybe a little bit of an injustice to him. Obviously, he's facing a lot of points against, but um, be an interesting one to keep an eye on. I think he might climb up the table a little bit. I'd absolutely agree with that. Like, and and he has he has Reese James, Chilwell, and Salah, uh, and and so like you know he just needs like two other players, and then he's won almost every week. <laughs> uh, he's he's gonna he's gonna be a real danger. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, with that we'll move on to the weekend that was in the Premier League. Let's take a look at game week twelve in the Premier League. I'll run you down through the results. Chelsea beat Leicester 3 0. Newcastle and Brentford drew 3 all. The same score between Burnley and Crystal Palace. Villa beat Brighton 2-0, uh, Gerrard's first game. And Watford trounced Man United 4-1. Wolves beat West Ham in a surprise result, 1-0. Norwich, maybe another surprise result, beat Southampton 2-1. Liverpool beat Arsenal 4-0. Uh, City beat Everton 3-0. And Spurs came from behind to beat Leeds 2-1. So, uh, yeah, a lot, a lot of exciting fixtures uh, at the weekend, actually. We got to see a few of them in different pubs around Amsterdam. Uh, let's start on Watford's 4-1 over Man United, Steve. What was your take? Yeah, I thought it was uh, it was an interesting game. We were we were watching it back at the apartment because um, uh, it was during the middle of the day and it was just... It was more of what we kind of come to expect with United under Ali, like, you know, slow out of the blocks to start with, like, Watford kind of dominating possession, playing really well in fairness to them. You do have to give them credit. They did play well. And then uh, they get a penalty. Sar has it saved and then it's scored from uh, from a rebound, but then the penalty has to be retaken because the player was scored encroached off the line. And then De Gea saves again. And you're thinking, all right, now this is probably the spark. They need to turn the game around. And then, nah. <laughs> uh, Josh King with the first... Um, Sar with the the second, they go in two nil down at half time. They bring off Rashford and uh, McTominay, and I think they bring on Donny Van de Beek and Martial. 
Uh, I mean, maybe one. So, I mean, maybe bring on Donny Van de Beek. I certainly would have brought on. Wouldn't have brought on Anthony Martial. I think is either Rashford's not fully fit or there's something going on there. But uh, then, of course, we think it happens. Uh, Sancho cross into the box. Uh, Ronaldo heads it down to Donny Van de Beek. He's got an open net, and you think, oh, they're going to do it again. <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna claw it back, and they're gonna do just enough to keep Ollie in the job. And then they uh, Maguire gets himself sent off for a clumsy second uh, challenge. There earns him a second yellow, loses control of the ball, and then dives in to try and win it back. And if he doesn't win the back, he win it back. He knows he's taking the man down with him. So, um, and then Watford just kind of go on and and score a couple more in close to injury time to top it off. And Ben Foster gets a lovely assist to put on his YouTube channel. Uh, yeah, I love a bit of Ben. Uh, yeah, it it was uh, it was a calamity really for Man United, wasn't it? You know, it was it was kind of oh, here's the usual. But was it though, Owen? Was it really a calamity? It to me, it was everything I've come to expect from United under Ali Gunnar Solskjaer. Like I fully like was not surprised at all by that game because that's the way they've been playing the whole time. But like, like in the Champions League last night, they they just kind of figured it out, figure it out in the last five to ten minutes and do enough to get either a draw or a win. But like they they're outplayed in most of the games that they're in, do you know? Yeah, yeah. I suppose a calamity in the sense that everything they usually do wrong went wrong, and they were also punished for it, which doesn't happen so much in other games. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So then, like, obviously, this led this result obviously led to the inevitable and what we all knew was going to happen. Um, then early the next morning, it was confirmed that Solskjaer would be leaving the role as manager of Man United and was later uh, released in uh, the form of an interview with Solskjaer on his way out the door, which is very odd. It's not something you see I've ever seen, I don't think, from a manager leaving a role, apart from maybe Arsene Wenger or Ferguson, but that's because they've been at the role for like 14, 20 years or something like that. Um, But uh, yeah, it was odd. So... um, I think it had to happen eventually, like, and now that, now, but United now have left themselves in a very precarious position where they say they want an interim manager until the end of the season, and then they'll look for a permanent manager in the summer. But there's still over half a season of football to play, so who you bring in now is going to be very important for in terms of where they finish in the league this year. Um, at the moment, they've been linked with Pochettino to take over, but he's said in press conferences he's fully focused on PSG, as he's always going to say. Um, other names bandied about are um, Ernesto Valverde, the former Barca manager, uh, Ralph Reniak, who was the manager of Leipzig for a season. I think he's in Spartak Moscow now as a director of football. Uh, Lucien Favre, who was a, the former Dor- uh, Dortmund head coach. So there's some of the names they're bandying about, but I mean, you know, um, not names you would normally associate with a potentially United job, you know? Yeah, maybe it's the pressure they come under meant that they had to get rid of him. But like, if they were in this position of sacking a manager, Ole would be a fine interim manager until next season. But of course, he he couldn't stay in the job given given the, the pressure they were under. But it's kind of funny that he would be the perfect manager for this moment in time. <laughs> yes, like he was when yeah. he first came into the exactly, role, and that's yeah. how he ended they've up gone, getting the job full time. They've gone full circle. But like they've gone full circle now. Yeah, yeah, exactly yeah. that. Spence. Like I mean, Carrick got a win. La- Carrick got the win last night, and it was like, say the line, Rio. <laughs> um, United are back. So 
Yeah, but I suppose uh, focusing on the game and what it meant for fantasy football, uh, you're kind of staying away from Man United as much as you can. I mean, like if you if you have Ronaldo, Fernandez, Sancho, Rashford, you're holding, um, but you're a bit worried. You're not you're not picking anything up. You're not holding on to anything in the defense, even if you have it. Uh, you're not taking any of their central midfielders uh, or any of their subs. So. Uh, a bit boring for fantasy football, really. W- would you pick up any of the Watford players after that game? Uh, you you were mad about Watford there uh, two podcasts ago. Um, was I? Yeah, jeez, you loved them. Mm. You were all about Sar. I well, no, I think Sar is a really good player. I just no, you were talking about Sar. You're trying to bait me. <laughs> yeah, I knew it. I was like, I didn't say it's about Watford. No, Ismaili Sar is a good player, own, but I don't. Um, fancy him as an as a more viable option than some of the other forwards that I, I was looking at. Like he obviously had two attempts to score a penalty and had both saved and he yes, he did get his goal. He got a very nice finish into the far corner, but I think De Gea should have done better with that. Um Yeah, I mean maybe uh Josh King um as maybe a fourth forward um in fan tracks or a third forward in FPL probably a like a decent option but like I, I i don't really think other than that there's much else they played a very poor united team they won't be doing that every week exactly yeah like i'd be saying maybe for the likes of mark lahasy there with the weak forward line maybe ismaili sarah someone that can come in um i don't think dennis or king will return like this every week but very very fixture dependent i think picking up anything watford wise mm-hmm. and then with man, man yeah. united if you have them you kind of have to play them on occasion so yeah, the, the, yeah, we'll move on, we'll move yeah. on now because you're some bastard and I'm fairly pissed off for trying to bait me into Sar. So the the, the one thing I'm going to say to calm me down is Liverpool four Arsenal nil. <laughs> uh, Liverpool just uh, you know they kind of dominated the game uh, for the most part. Arsenal kind of tried to stay in the fight as much as they could. Uh, late goal conceded in the towards the end of the first half. Uh, lovely whipped in ball from uh, Trent. And they just they just took the lead, and then Arsenal obviously had to try and play themselves back into the game, and left themselves right open for the, the Liverpool, how Liverpool play in terms of uh, high um, press in the final third, and that's what leads to the second goal. Tavares just has an absolute brain fart and gifts the ball to Jota, rounds the keeper and scores. Uh, Salah uh, gets on the score sheet, and then I think who was it that got the fourth on? You might remind me. Minamino. Minamino, that was it. He came on as a sub. Um, so look, uh, Arsenal have the youngest squad and I think the youngest starting eleven in the league. Uh, they were on a good run up until this game. Um, I thought they might potentially get a draw out of the game, but I didn't have much hope. Um, the uh, it sounds weird after a four nil loss, but I hope they kind of shake it off a bit and kind of don't get, uh, panic. Like what they were doing before was kind of was getting results, and they had a shape and a style of play that they were kind of uh, adapting well to. So I hope they don't try and do anything too rash. I don't think they will. But um, as far as four nils go, I don't think this is the worst I've seen. Yeah, like I wa- I watched this game, and I at no point did I think that Arsenal were being hammered. Um, and 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 I was actually surprised by the scoreline for a finish. Um. But then, like you know, when you read through the stats, it, it was it was um, very comprehensive. You know, five shots to nineteen, 
I don't know. Were Arsenal playing on the break all the time, but they had eight offsides? Yeah. Well, they tried to play out from the back, uh, especially at the start, to try and control possession. But I don't think they were actually trying to manufacture any real chances from it. I think they were just trying to slow Liverpool down more so, keep the ball away from them. But the the only real chance I can really remember is a ball over to Aubameyang, and he kind of uh, tries to go far corner from the left-hand side of the six-yard box and Allison makes a decent save. And that was kind of it in terms of attacking threat, really. The, they're just they're, they're just not good enough for the likes of Liverpool yet. Like The squad will obviously grow and mature over time, but as they are now, they were never really going to be a match for Liverpool. Absolutely. And um, looking then at the relevant players for fantasy football, Robertson with like a surprise late injury or injury report... Uh, Simi Cass may be worth picking up for someone. Is there a timeline on that Robertson injury? Uh, well, he was a game-time decision, and I think he'll be a game-time decision for this weekend. It'll be interesting to see what Liverpool will do in terms of players for tonight's game in the Champions League, whether he plays or not. Um, you'd be maybe making your decision based off that. Yeah. Um, as far as other fantasy players go, like you know your, your bog-standard Liverpool front three you're going to play um i would keep faith in the arsenal boys i think if you have smith or saka you're obviously going to keep them about yang same um i'd also keep faith in the back four i think we will like i think we're playing newcastle this weekend i do fancy us to probably get a clean sheet there but we'll see yeah newcastle playing that super attacking style of football at the moment if i had an arsenal mid or forward at all I'd, i'd be playing them in that game given how leaky they are but uh yeah, we just have to see how that one goes. Um, maybe monitor if if Matip starts tonight. Maybe pick up Kanate for the weekend. Um, who do Liverpool face? Um, <clears throat> sorry, it's uh, it's not uh, it's not Atletico Madrid anyway. It's probably one of the other teams. Well, they're playing Porto in mm. in the Champions League, but it's Southampton. It's Southampton ah, in the go. Premier League. So yeah, you could you'd fancy uh, getting your Liverpool defense on show at that one. So, yeah, mm-hmm. the last game we wanted to take a look at, I forget, is... Oh, yes. Uh, it is Leeds, Spurs, <laughs> Leeds Spurs, Spurs, or Spurs-Leeds 2. Spurs 2 won Leeds. Um, <clears throat> Leeds took an early lead uh, through Dan James in the first half because Emerson Royale is, comp- is, a, is, a, is a disguise of a footballer. I don't think he's that good at football. Gets beaten well by Harrison, who then crosses into the box, and James finishes it very easily. Um, Spurs, though, showed a lot of fight back, something they probably haven't shown in a long time. And uh, they get back into the game. Uh, originally, it's through Hoiberg. From from a shot that I really think the, uh, Melier kind of showed his uh, lack of experience, the ball goes into the far corner, is whipped in from the right, uh, kind of goes to Lucas on the left, and uh, he kind of rushes out to try and block the shot from Lucas, even though he had his back to goal, so he's never really likely to shoot. And then so Lucas um, pulls it back to the edge of the box, where Hoiberg just kind of hits a looping shot that Melier just can't get back in time to save. And then it was finished off when uh, Spurs hit the post from a free kick, but Regalan was first to the rebound and tapped it in to make it 2-1. A uh, nice bit of passion from Conte on the sideline as well um, about the win. So Spurs look like they're they're back to winning winning ways. Yeah, yeah. If I if I was a Spurs fan, I'd be excited after that one. Maybe disappointed with Son and Kane's performance. Son playing a lot deeper than usual, 
and Kane just not being particularly good at football at times. Um, I'm not going to jump on the Spurs defense just yet. I think, um, like you're, you're, as I mentioned before, you've 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 a Conte defense, which is not the best players to play in it. Um, the only player I'd potentially be looking at is Matt Doherty because <clears throat> uh, having played wing back for Wolves, like that role suits him a lot more than Emerson Royale, who doesn't seem to be comfortable going forward on the ball or dribbling or defending or I don't know. Like I really, <clears throat> that seems like such an odd signing for me t- from Barcelona. Like I think they paid thirty million quid for him, and he does not look like like it. Now he can still turn it around, but like I would be looking to maybe pick him up and see if if he drops reg- uh, Royale for him. Yeah, interestingly, Ryan Sessegnon got a got a game on le- at left wing back for Reggian. So uh, hopefully Doherty gets gets to nail down a place there, a right wing back, if Emerson keeps up these types of performances. Um, Leeds missing players still. No Bamford. No, they fit. fit. Rafinha wasn't in the match day squad. Yeah. I actually don't. Phillips uh, at centre have back. An explanation as to why is uh, a struggle as <clears> well. So yeah, I'd be staying away from Leeds as long as those injuries persist in 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 every way because you know mm. if you're not picking up Dan James because of one handy goal against Spurs. So yeah. Um, Avoid or drop, I would say. So that was game week 12 in the Premier League and our Fan Tracks League. Uh, let's take a look at what we might do for the week that's coming. So let's take a look at the fixtures. Uh, as mentioned, Arsenal face Newcastle and Liverpool versus Southampton. Norwich against Wolves, uh, Palace versus Villa. Brighton take on Leeds and Brentford play Everton Man City host West Ham and Leicester play against Watford Burnley play Spurs and the game of the weekend I think is Chelsea versus Man United so um, yeah, a few interesting games in it um, yeah the struggle for the Chelsea United game is going to be trying to predict who the forwards and midfielders are going to be also the Chilwell injury is kind of interesting but uh, certainly, I'm certainly expecting Chelsea to do a massive job in Man United. I, they up their game for Chelsea, but um, this is maybe the best Chelsea I think I've ever seen. That's that's been playing the last few weeks. There, they look absolutely unstoppable. Uh, done a massive job on Juve last night. Uh, like brushed aside Leicester. Um, like all the youths that was looking good a year or two ago is looking world class at the moment. Um, even let's say Ziyech, Cho, and Pulisic that started last night against Juve mightn't get a game against Man United because there's first team players to come in and play take those positions. So, um, uh, uh, previous years I'd have said Man United are going to up their game, but they're just so bad as we love to discuss in this podcast. I don't think they're going to come close. Uh, would you be thinking anything different, Steve? No, I wouldn't be. I'm more surprised that you said that this is the Chelsea best Chelsea team you've ever seen, considering Mourinho won the league and conceded like <clears throat> six goals or something. I don't think that team is pretty unstoppable. I don't think the football was as sexy, um, and I think yeah, maybe. Yeah. But you can kind of say that at, at certain times with with this Chelsea side. They only they, they drew with Burnley only like a, a couple of weeks ago, but. No, I agree. The way he's got them playing now, they're they're playing really well, and there's a lot of competition for places. So that's keeping everyone on their toes. 
Um, I suppose in terms of like uh, fantasy, like you're going to start all your Chelsea players. Um, the only problem you have is that choosing that front three, uh, Werner's probably going to get a start, seeing as he came on late for you and scored a goal against Juve. Um, if Pul- uh, did Pulisic play during the during the midweek? Uh, he did. Yeah, I think he started. Uh, let me, let me mm, skip that. I, think I don't know. Probably not. So uh, unlikely, um, I would say, because Mount also came on as a sub. Um, as you, yeah, Werner is back from injury. Havertz didn't get a game at all. So um, yeah, so Havertz is going to start, and Mount's likely going to start. Um, <clears throat> I know Kante is potentially injured, and so is Ben Chilwell. Um, they were talking to Tuchel after the match, and he seemed kind of optimistic about them that hopefully they'd be able to play. So, uh, but they're probably going to be game time decisions. So wait and see on that. Uh, f- so if Chilwell doesn't play I imagine Marcus Alonso is going to come into that slot for him Kante doesn't play I imagine Kovacic comes in alongside Jorginho not that I think it's really going to matter too much against United I think they've got way too much in the t- uh, for United who uh, I'll probably be starting uh, Rashford um, against but I don't really have much hope out for him uh, I just think that if United are likely to do something, he's probably likely to be on the end of it. Uh, or him or Ronaldo, really. Yeah, I'll have to play Ronaldo um, myself, as much as it pains me to do it. Yeah, exactly. I can nearly bench him. Um, but like, apart from that, you're not looking at any sort of United assets. I wouldn't be looking at keepers or midfielders or defenders. Um, the only thing I'd say is that Sancho scored uh, his first Man United goal last night against uh, Villarreal. So and he had a good performance against Wofford. So he seems in the last couple of games like he's he's making progress, which is good. Um, maybe someone to keep an eye on in the, the coming weeks. Yeah, I'd imagine most that drafted him are still holding. Um, but yeah, well, well, I know I am. well overdue a turnaround for him um, under a new manager. Mm. Something might come. So yeah, certainly you'll be keeping him for another few weeks rather than getting sick of him. Yeah, uh, City face West Ham in an interesting fixture. Uh, West Ham with that shock loss to Wolves. Um, I think Antonio has also kind of dropped a little bit out of form. Um, yeah, you would expect City to go and win this game, but is there an upset here? Um, <clears throat> I don't know if a upset is on the cards, but I think they'll give City a much tougher game than... Uh, than they're, they they think or than they have done in the past. Um, like I I think the way Moyes has set up the team, like they're just so workmanlike in their approach that they'll just work as hard as City, if not harder. They, but like you said, Ben Antonio seems to be a little bit off, and he's kind of their main goal threat. Jared Bowen and Ben Rama cannot both chip in with goals, but just haven't done so in the last little bit. But you know they're always a danger from set piece. Like you look at the the players they've got on that team. They got uh, Susek, uh, Rice isn't bad. Um, like if Craig Dawson is starting instead of Ogbonna, um, and then like you know uh, Cresswell has a great cross on him. So you never know. Yeah, yeah. West Ham set piece is very powerful. Absolutely. Uh, Man City, of course, face PSG tonight. So you'll be monitoring that to see who's going to play. But not not much rotation in their back four, and I would be playing one of the Man City defence this weekend. Um, it'll be most likely mm. one of Laporte or Diaz, depending on who plays in the Champions League. Um, well, you imagine Diaz will play both. 
I would think so anyway. Yeah. Uh, they're playing PSG tonight and then they play West Ham in an important game at the weekend. So he'll play both. Yeah. Cancelo will probably play both. Uh, you'd imagine Walker would pl- probably play both. It's that centre back, that second centre back, whether it rotates between Laporte, Stones, or Ake. More so, probably Stones and Laporte. Um, like if you have any, you you're, you keep an eye on the forwards for the for Man City to see who's likely to start at the weekend. I imagine Grealish should probably get a run out here. Uh, Riyad Mahrez probably. So, but we'll wait and see. Yeah. Yeah. Have you picked up Cole Palmer yet? Who? Have you picked up Cole Palmer yet? Who? Cole Palmer. He's the most exciting young midfielder striker in the world. Uh don't know who you're talking about. You need to get Mark anyway, on this Anyway, moving on swiftly to uh, our third game here of uh, Arsenal v Newcastle. Um, <clears throat> Arsenal looking to come back from a 4-0 uh, win- loss against Liverpool. And Newcastle hoping to find a bit of form after a 3-3 draw against Brentford. Um, I fancy Arsenal in this game, obviously. But um, do I fancy them for a clean sheet? I probably do. Uh, I think Ramsdale and the back four are still pretty solid. I don't think I would let one game, like the one against Liverpool, change that. Um, Yeah, I'm looking at Newcastle's record. Uh, They scored against Brighton, didn't score against Chelsea, then have scored... In all their previous like ten to twelve games, uh, Palace, Spurs, Wolves, Watford, Leeds, United, Southampton, Burnley, um, they're 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 in nice attacking form. If, even if it's only one I, I wouldn't goals. say they played. I wouldn't say they played any real decent teams in that run. And Arsenal are <laughs> a decent team. <laughs> um, uh, I, I don't know. I, I fancy a clean sheet here, and I'd be starting. I need Arsenal defenders. I have, which I will. Um, is, is Tierney and, back? Uh, Tierney's an interesting one. Uh, I don't know is the honest answer. Uh, you'd probably be best off listening, looking out for the the pre-match press conference on the Thursday or the Friday, and seeing what they say there. Um, yeah, because like he's been on the bench a couple of times, but he just hasn't come on and made an appearance. And just like Tavares does play well, but. He's not as great a defender, and then he gave away that pass that led to Jota getting the second goal against Liverpool. So, if Katerini's fit, like he definitely starts. Yeah, yeah, uh, he's he, he he has Tavares out of that team. Certainly, I think if he's fit, because it's almost like having an extra winger at times. You see him make those runs and, and chip in a decent ball there from uh, the end line. Um, yeah, I I haven't got anything of the, of the Arsenal defense yet. Um, uh, it, it was actually Gabriel I'm thinking about for maybe a bit of a tracking threat and set pieces. Um, I'm not sure about will I pick him up for the Newcastle game, but we'll see later. So, yeah, those were the three games we wanted to chat about, Steve. So, um, yeah, let's uh, move on to what we're going to do with our own teams. Time for the thrilling and exciting part of the podcast that is us looking at the matchups that are coming in next week i'm gonna stumble my way through this uh yeah steve your face and thomas are you excited <laughs> am i excited uh i wouldn't say excited but like he's a he's obviously not doing too bad this season so like you know <clears throat> had to make sure what a political trying to uh, do a bit better than i did last week yeah yeah uh connell uh is going to face andy should be an easy win connor skihan versus john john will be hoping that he'll continue his high scoring form 
Top of the table clash between myself and Steve Lyons, level on points in first and say second. Porik Sheehan then plays Mark Clossy, Paddy Brennan faces Owen Dillon. Ray, or team auto-draft, faces Kyle Connolly. Tyg plays Mitchell Barr and Gary versus Mark Gary in the similarly named matchup. Uh, Interestingly enough, Gary's uh, predicted score is higher than Mark's. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Mark needs to get his, his stuff together. But but Gary's predicted score is high, is the highest in the league? No, no, uh, John's predicted. Uh, John and Paul reckon. No, John's is highest. Yeah. So, um, do you want to tell us all the moves you're going to make and give away your strategy for the weekend? <laughs> as much as Mark Gary loves that, um, there aren't too many changes I'll be thinking of making. I'll be starting Ramsdale against Newcastle. Reese James will start against United. Uh, Cancelo will start against West Ham. Uh, I'm gonna um, gonna start the double uh, Liverpool defence against Southampton. And if Robertson doesn't play, I'll probably have uh, Thiago Silva come in for him. Uh, Bowen and Smith are all start. Uh, Salah, Rashford, Vardy, and Callum Wilson will all start. The only one maybe is Callum Wilson. I'm considering him. I don't know. Uh, Hopefully so, but we'll yeah. see. Is Madison remaining on the bench? Uh, yeah, Madison and Sancho are still there. Um, I, I I I hover over the midfield options every day, Owen, and I just don't have the I don't have the 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 bravery to pull the trigger. Yeah, I certainly wouldn't be giving Sancho a game against Chelsea. And who are Leicester facing? Oh, uh, Wofford. Oh, yeah, yeah, Madison's just not in form. So yeah, yeah, that that all those moves make total sense. Uh, Robertson, he hopefully either plays or doesn't play. I can't, yeah, I can't yeah, exactly. argue with any of your decisions there. So uh, I'll take you through my own team. I'm going to be starting Allison in goals, leaving Gaeta on the bench. He faces Villa, so yeah, he he won't. Allison faces Southampton, but uh, yeah, won't be playing the Crystal Palace keeper against Villa. I have Chilwell, who will start similarly to your Robertson. Um, I will be benching Cresswell for Eric Dyer with the game against Burnley. Uh, either Laporte or Diaz, or maybe both, depending on the game against PSG midweek. Uh, Bernardo Silva also pending the game midweek. Uh, Connor Gallagher, I'll be starting against Villa, still in flying form. Kai Havertz, I just noticed now, has some sort of injury. That's why he didn't play in the Champions League, but uh, I think it's what a game-time decision, so I think I'll still put him in a starting position. And I'll play my four forwards. Uh, yeah, As much as I'd hate to see playing Ronaldo against Chelsea, I'll do it. Him and Esmane and Son uh, all deserve their games against Norwich, Southampton and Burnley. Um, that'll leave Fornells on the bench. He's facing City. Uh, he's, uh, he's just kind of someone... I can afford to have, and if, if he starts to come good, that's nice, and if not, I'll get rid of him at a later stage. So, I won't actually be making any moves this week. I don't think I need to. Um, hopefully that Chilwell injury doesn't develop into anything bad. Um, yeah, could you fault any of that, Steve? No, not really. I forgot that Havertz was a midfielder, considering how far forward he plays. Uh, it's a nice asset for you to have. <clears throat> um, but no, I wouldn't really be making any other changes other than injuries, like like you mentioned with Chilwell. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll give him the game. I'll, I'll keep an eye on the news, probably give him the game. See where I go from there. Yeah, <clears throat> it really is worth noting that like, if you think it's a week where you don't really feel like bringing in anyone, it's probably worth it not to, because that way you can potentially improve in terms of your wave wire priority. So... 
Like, especially considering coming into December and getting close to the January transfer window, I imagine people might start doing that a little bit. And we mentioned two fullback injuries in Chilwell and Robertson. Like, you could instantly have a starting fullback at either Leicester or Chelsea there. So, you know, a waiver wire priority is still a big thing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Steve, I think we've talked about all of it there. Um, we've said it all and we've done it all on. It's just great. Um, yeah, a little tired after the holiday, maybe. They're not as up-to-date in the news and things as, as we might have been in other pods, but yeah, yeah I, think we banged, <laughs> I think we banged it I, out. I normally pretty, I'm normally pretty harsh on for those sort of things, and I'm going to give us a pass because I was so tired going into work today. <laughs> Even the lads in the office were like, geez, it took you a few hours, but you're finally coming around, huh? <laughs> and you don't drink coffee either, do you? So there's no, no, there's no saving you. Uh, or tea, no. Steve there with a hot chocolate at his desk. <laughs> Don't talk it's to a mocha today. actually oh nice <laughs> it wasn't yeah um, I think I think, I think think we kind of trimmed the time down a bit as well which we've been trying to do with the pods so uh, with that I'll end it if you want to get in touch with us you can do so on our discord which we're super active on aren't we Steve absolutely yeah, yeah. Uh, the twitter which is at FPL jingle at the FPL jingle yeah yeah yeah. I, I follow that all the time uh, there's <laughs> also you can see the league itself there's a, a link to the league that you can look at in the podcast description um, yeah well, we might have a guest coming up during the week yeah not giving anything away no, we won't this week because we haven't decided yet <laughs> 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 uh, that'll be it uh, bye now bye now everyone